It is Tuesday the 10th of September, I'm your host Ryan Kier and this is the Quantum Cast. I have a Fanta fruit twist besides me and I'm feeling absolutely wonderful, ready for the market day ahead. But today's episode is going to be quite a short one. We did compliment this with a very nice and well received podcast. That was episode 27 was released early morning yesterday, the 9th of September, so that was on uh, Monday. We released one about simple ideas to make money from nothing. And well, to date, that was the most popular episode of all time. So, I'm lifting this can up right now to cheers to that. But anyways, today we don't have much time to record this podcast, almost specifically, I need to catch a train at 7.47, so I gotta leave the house at around half past. The only way we can get today's focus stocks in is by getting a similar sector. So I assume we're probably gonna look for stocks like Gulf Keystone Petroleum and CAN, because those two are reporting today, and we have two minutes till the RNS news flow hits in. So we'll see. Those would be my focus stocks personally, but uh, we'll see how the news flow is and then we'll get into today's focus stocks. So to begin with Ken Energy PLC, this company has reported a combined net oil and gas production in their half 1 2019 report ahead of 2019 guidance at 23,700 barrels of oil per day something like 15% above the previous six months. So there's a nice bit of growth on that front. Their revenue is around $250 million with a decent average production cost, not too high, not too low, something like $17 a barrel of oil. And their average realized price was $68 a barrel. So I can only assume that they have significant hedging facilities because oil prices have come down quite a bit from those levels, something like $60 a barrel, I believe, or $62.70 in fact, actually, and that's the live price of oil. We've had a decent rally over the past couple of days. I think uh, Thursday last week, oil was up about 4% odd. And we posted an article, in fact, about a potential technical breakout on Brent oil, otherwise known as UK oil, by the organization of Twitter traders <laughs> trading oil. But um, this company has mentioned they have group cash at around $58 million. So that's not high, but they do have a revolving bank lending facility of around $570 million. I can see they've reduced their average production cost by around 10%. As we mentioned earlier, it's around $17 now. It was around $20 previously. The capex is expected to be around $295 million. There's uh, nothing special from this RNS. I think the only good thing I can take that, well, not the only good thing, more so the only thing that attracts my interest is the increase in guidance. They've upgraded guidance from around 19,000 to 22,000 barrels of oil per day to a higher range of 21,000 to 23,000. So it's quite a smart way to say that if they don't meet their targets, they're still within range. Imagine performing to the upper end of the previous target and getting, say, 21,500 barrels of production per day, right? 
but then you upgrade the range from 19 to 22k to 21 to 23k you could still be performing in that upgraded range it doesn't actually mean that you've done better it's a bit cheeky from the company over there good old ken plc <laughs> for a company with a market cap of around a billion pounds yep you heard that right <laughs> a billion pounds to be making something like 60 million in fact forgive me 43.4 million dollars there has to be some kind of overvaluation here i can't really clarify because i don't know how the second half's yearly earnings are going to look like but if we look at oil and gas in general if we look at uk natural gas prices if we look at Brent oil prices averaging for the second half of the year so far. Or let's just use the third quarter because that's probably enough data to make this assumption. Oil prices around 15% lower than where they were when this measure was taken. So I can only assume that uh, CAN isn't going to do as well in the second half. But one thing to remember is that hedges usually kick in for these kind of companies. So it actually could be some positive news. Um, and even if oil prices drop, they still might make significantly more than they did in the first half of the year. And some spread their capex, some decide to spend a certain amount of money at the beginning of the year and spend nothing, or near to nothing, towards the second half of the year. And the accounting bonus is more so an upgrade in profits or a huge increase in quarter-on-quarter -quarter growth, but it's nothing special. They could just split it throughout half one and half two, but you know, the whole accounting process, it's really, really sneaky over here on the company front. <laughs> but um, if we just assume a bit of extrapolation, that gives them a price to earnings ratio of around eight. It's quite high for the entire sector, considering we've talked about companies like Premier in the past, one that I hold. Uh, that has a P of around 3 to 4 and Enquist that has a P of around 1.8. Enquist is a really cheap play. The only issue is they have a lot of risk factored in. With the amount of debt that those guys have, they are very vulnerable to something like a liquidation. But it, they're not specifically going to go under those situations. Just say if oil prices dropped another $10 or more specifically, below those guys break even around 45 to $48. If oil prices went there and below, those guys would likely go bust. I assume Cairn probably would suffer too. But the beauty is that Cairn actually has very little debt and they pay very low financing costs. I remember Premier paid around $200 million in financing costs for the whole year. So let's just say $100 million for the first half. I've seen Cairn pay $15 million. Uh, Enquist was around 70 million, if we're talking in dollar terms, that is. So a lot of money on those companies that are making better margins is going to waste. Just paying off high 8% interest levels and um, repayments on their loans. But with Cairn, the majority of their profits are coming to them. It's just they don't have a lot of production. Cairn is at, as we said, around 20 thousand barrels of oil per day. Enquist is around 65,000 and Enquist is just a fraction of Cairn's market cap. We're trying to really see that once those companies pay off a bit more of their debt 
and they accelerate their reduction, they are effectively going to be valued at something similar to this, which is interesting. But if we look at Ken's price action, for the past year, they've made 52-week highs at £2.32 a share and 52-week lows at £1.40 per share, currently trading at 177. And if we look at the past month, they've rallied quite a bit. They don't have a huge beta, so when oil prices rise about 15%, these guys are probably 20% up. It's nothing really special. Okay, now moving on to Gulf Keystone Petroleum. We can see that they have reported their results for the six months ended the 30th of June 2019 with a gross average production per day. So we're talking barrels of oil per day of around 29,360 barrels. This is down from 31,860 odd back in 2018, same period, the corresponding period. Their realized oil price is down, which is quite worrying. I can only assume that selling not a great grade and uh, they're probably in an area, well, they're in Iraq, which is at a high geopolitical risk. So they're probably having to use third parties to transport things. Um, but they are using a pipeline, I believe, uh, near Iraqi Kurdistan. Forgive me if I make this uh, incorrect assumption because Janelle is uh, one that can be mixed up on. But these guys have operating costs that have actually increased by 30%. That's not great. Administrative expenses are up. Not much though. Only by $600,000, I believe. Uh, yes, I see dollars. The profit after tax is down in comparison to the corresponding period, down from $26.7 million before to $24.2 million giving them a basic earnings per share of around 10 cents. So if we put that to pounds, it's like eight pence. And the share price is £2.43. So they've probably got an EPS, if we're talking in terms of yield, of around three, three and a half percent. Nothing special. EBITDA's down in comparison to the previous period. Capital investment's really high. And the only thing that is positive for this company is they've, building, they've been building their net cash up and also, they are looking to have a much higher production in quarter two 2020. In fact, they're talking about 55,000 barrels of oil per day. The only issue is, with that kind of realized average price, I, I don't see anything mega positive. Why can you, your business, they've mentioned their profit from operations, only 26.2 million, and you valued it, 544 million pounds. If I use extrapolation, I wouldn't like to use extrapolation. Realistically, this company has a price to earnings ratio of about eight, but when they bump up production to 55, assuming they do that, there could be a bit of value because we can look at uh, the low debt that they have, compare them to Cairn, but also remember that Premier and Enquist have higher productions than these guys. These guys are at 30,000 odd, Ken's at around 20,000, Enquist 65,000 barrels of oil per day, and Premier around 80. So Premier's got the highest debt, which is interesting, hence why they're not that fairly valued in comparison to their production. But um, Gulf Keystone Petroleum seems to be, if we were to make a, I don't know, a stakeholder map or something, Gulf Keystone would be right in the middle. Imagine a diagonal line going straight through the origin, almost like a y equals x 
kind of format for any people who love a bit of maths. That whole vibe, you would get GKP in the middle, in between the extreme debt levels and the extremely low debt levels. Um, if we look at their results though, they do expect the production in the second half of the year to be higher than the uh, first half. Something like 30,000 to 33,000 barrels of oil per day. But there is an issue. They've mentioned that there were interruptions with production, meaning that they are, have actually downgraded their previous guidance of 32,000, 38,000 to 30,000, 33,000, meaning that these guys could be potentially producing 20% less if we're talking drawdowns in the second half. That is very ugly. In fact, this is not a great report from GKP. The only thing that is positive is obviously the high cash figure, around $198 million. So they could be acquiring assets. All of that is really just speculation. We have to just assume the uh, worst, but also understand what the positive situations could be too. I think finance costs are quite low for this company. They have really low debt, especially after their restructuring a couple of years back. Their debt's around $100 million, if we're talking in terms of borrowings. And they've got a decent amount of assets. If we're talking net assets, $520 million, so £400 million. Market cap of $540 million. They're a little bit overvalued at the current moment, but when their production bumps up to 55 k You'd only assume pension funds build positions and it only looks positive for them. But Gulf Keystone Petroleum have already had issues within their operations, especially with the warning that they've mentioned for second half production. So are we really convinced that Gulf Keystone Petroleum, otherwise known as GKP, can actually deliver this return that they are promising? by quarter to 2020 of 55 barrels of oil per day, who knows? And even then, will they make significant amounts of money? I don't know. They do have significantly lower costs than uh, a lot of the oilers I mentioned, because these guys operate in a really low cost environment. For example, Enquist and Premier are largely based in the North Sea. The only thing that benefits them are the tax credits and tax losses they are using in previous years. But with GKP, they just have lower costs and they export a lot of things locally through local pipelines. So yes, they do pay less, but they don't have all these additional costs throughout different stages of the production process. It's great for them. And there is a bit of value to look for. If we look at the 52-week share price, we see 52-week highs of £2.90 a share and 52-week lows are around £1.70. So the share price is up around 50% from lows and down around 20% from highs. It doesn't make it cheap. I can only assume that this will not be taken that positively by investors and this update was quite a letdown. But anyways, I've got a rush to catch the bus or probably run because the bus has probably gone by now and I shall be back for another episode tomorrow morning. Wednesday morning, that is. I need to remember what day it is. I'm starting to forget. A long day of college ahead. I'll be back at around 5.30. But I wish all of you have a great trading day ahead. I've been your host, Ryan Kier. Until next time.